Welcome back to After a Few Podcast. What a weekend in sports. Tiger Woods won a golf tournament. The Browns won a game. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets are going to be starting off, so Minuteman Tickets is going to be giving away a signed Seth Jones autographed puck live on the show. Stick with us. Here we go. How ridiculous. Is this guy serious right now? A little incoherent. What's happening? Throwing bangers out. OH! Here we go. All right. Yes. Welcome back. Big news out of the PGA. Tiger Woods with his first W in how long? He won the Tour Championship. Yeah. Listen, listen. And he about won the whole FedEx Cup, man. That's something that that. you can't even. He jumped, what? I don't know, but he was ranked way down there to start the year, obviously. But And he was lucky to make the final 30. Yeah. But. So he wins the tour championship, but seriously, they got to change that rule where the guy wins the tour championship but doesn't win the FedEx Cup. Uh, why? Why? Because they crowned two champions, but it was obviously Tiger's day. Justin Justin was just happy to make his his ten million. Yeah, but I mean, like it's... the whole round, he was struggling. He was. I mean, both of them were like Justin yeah, couldn't shot put it in one the fairway. Over. Yeah, Tiger shot one over in the final round, but um, I'm I, it's he won his tournament, but you know no one j- thought he could. Yeah, that's but the, it doesn't that's mean the whole he should. Point. Doesn't mean he should win the FedEx Cup. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying I feel like Tiger is in a great spot. Ryder Cup's coming up. Um, there's basically no more golf for the rest of the year, so he gets to relax, get healthy, and then come back January, and we'll see what he's got. Yeah, but I can't wait for the Ryder Cup starting Friday. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna have eight points a day, first to fourteen and a half per per usual. It's over in Europe this year. I uh, looking at my bookie, it looks like USA is favored right now, which I really don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Tiger's feeling himself though. You know, he gave a little press conference thing and he's like you want to face me let's go so you know he's feeling himself right now and i feel like the u.s yeah, but i feel like I mean, that's for fun like maybe uh, so for instance when he uh tiger won this last golf tournament um they were all gonna go in the clubhouse and start uh talking about what's going on for the Ryder cup so obviously he had a late flight whatever whatever um they got to atlanta and all of the other guys on the team figured up this plan that we're going to trick Tiger. So they didn't talk to him for two minutes when he walked in. So they gave him the cold shoulder and Tiger's like, what, what is going on right now? And then the high fives, the celebration. I think I like where Tiger's at. And I feel like that's what they're, I, that's why maybe the odds are like that. The but, yeah, team I USA mean, is, about, is good, but let me tell you here, something about team Europe, but Team USA possible pairings. You got probably Patrick Reed playing with Tiger. Yeah. Um, then you got the best buds, Spieth and JT playing together. Yep. Um, Ricky and DJ. I like Tony Finau and uh, Phil Mickelson. I I, I, I think Finau and Kepka. What? 
Yep, Mickelson's playing with Bryson. Oh, uh, DeChambeau. Yeah. I don't think that gets Phil as pumped up as you need him to be. Phil. I don't know. DeChambeau's playing well. He yeah. struggled that. I mean... uh, the Team Europe has Justin Rose, Roy McIlroy, um, of course, Tiger, Phil, Bubba Watson, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Ricky, Kepka, um, Bryson DeChambeau. It's going to be a good tournament. It starts Friday, goes all the way to Sunday. So if you don't like football. Yeah, but it's in France. So it's at like 2 o'clock in the you morning. You can still watch reruns. You got to just That's set no your fun. DVR. That's no Just fun. go plan it right now. Go set your DVR. Just get a case of beer and stay up all night. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. But uh, basically, we got to get to our beer of the week. Um, and it's just going to be the usual. We got the bush light tonight. Go figure. Barry, Barry's turn to pick, I, and I I knew it. it, it honestly, I forgot, and uh, I went to my fridge, and there was just a ton of bush light. So I was like, eh. 2.8. It's a, it's gonna, a 2.8. This one, honestly, is a little skunked, so I'm going <laughs> to give this one an 8.1. Well, that's ridiculous. So, I mean, that's <laughs> that's just what we're going with. So let's move on, honestly, with – to the Browns. So the Browns win a football game. Uh, Baker Mayfield comes in, saves the day. It was it was one of those moments where you knew he just took over the city. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I do feel bad for Toronto. Um, I feel like he was set up to fail. Like he wasn't getting any help. Hundred percent agree. And the but, first two series play calls. Yeah, money. It, how many? How many QB draws can you Q, run? QB draws on like long distance downs. Um, I just feel like Todd Haley did not know, does not know how to coach him. It's you know he's been with Ben for how many years? Right. Um, pass pass first kind of guy. So he's trying to work. You know he was trying to work Taylor's strengths in, but. But the problem is Tyrod is so focused he's, on on just protecting the ball. Like he right. is great at protecting the ball. He throws no interceptions. You know, he because he he doesn't spend too long in the pocket. He gives it about a three second count and but he's that's, gone. That's the downfall to Tyrod. You know, he's right. he's a run that. first. Um T Mobile. Yeah, but I don't know. I just I don't know. Then you Baker comes in. Baker comes in. For that basically last drive no, of the half baker and comes in and they totally flipped the playbook they flipped the, they flipped the playbook and it looked like a different offensive line it looked like a it looked it, like they it looked wanted like, to block for him yeah like i just, just say don't, it. i don't understand that but you know if that's what it takes that's what it takes but you know Terod, i'm 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 still i'm still hopeful for Terod in his future i don't know but well I don't think he's going to get any. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a future. He's going to be a good backup. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. He's out with an ACL. So I did hear Ty- no, Tyrod. Jay Cutler, baby. Jay Cutler? Yeah. I'm taking Tyrod, who doesn't yeah, know the but- playbook and is in football shape, over uh, Jay Cutler with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hate on Jay, man. But oh, Jay is Jay, so terrible. Jay Cutler could be the next coming, like Fitz Magic. So, I, Jay Cutler. Oh, dude, don't don't count him out. God, that bush light must be doubled <laughs> up tonight. But I, I think the Browns fans just 
need to take a just take a step back. Like you won a game. Baker is going to have he's going to have some games where he throws a couple picks. Like he's going to have games where they lose. They're going to get blown out. They're not going to win every game. I mean, let's be honest. But uh, I believe with Baker, they actually have a legit chance to win six, seven games. Now, with Taylor, I don't think that was the case. I think he just brings it a level of excitement. Yeah, he brings, you know, he's a first-round draft pick. He brings that buzz. He's, uh, I, f- I feel like he's been humble just watching Hard Knocks, and even they showed him on the sideline when before he got in. He was, you know, he was a team-first guy, in my opinion. So You want me to tell you something about Baker that what? I think, when he got arrested and tackled by that cop and humiliated, he does he does something that the Cleveland Browns ha- players haven't done is turn it around. No more mistakes. Let's figure it out. And yeah, but yeah, that's you yeah. know he's not he's not out there dinking around. He's but, preparing. But I, he's I like been that. he's been underrated his whole career. So you know, just that I I I don't know. Yeah, there was. The, the stadium had a buzz about it. it. It's good. It's, you know, but... I mean, what more can you say about it? But um, but they, yeah. So we do have uh, Matt Baxendale in here from Minuteman Tickets. Um, he is going to be giving away a signed Seth Jones puck, and I guess money has some game rigged up. Oh, yeah. We're, you know, we sent out the tweet here, like and retweet for your uh, winners, so we're going to have... Uh, Barry versus him, and uh, they're going to pick a person to play for, and whoever wins, that person will win the puck. So. Yeah, so we'll send we'll send that puck out, uh, courtesy of Minuteman Tickets. They still got the Minuteman Pick'em going on. It's not too late to sign up. I mean, you can win a $25 gift card every um, every week. You can win a sign. They're giving away a signed puck with one of our shirts this week, so that's pretty cool. And then we're going to give one away on the show. But let's get Matt on here right now and see uh, see what's going on. Okay, we're going to welcome in Matt Baxendale. He is half-owner of Minuteman Tickets. He also writes the bucket of bullets for Bucknuts. Um, how are we doing tonight, Matt? Oh, I'm doing pretty good, boys. Ready for this Penn State game. I'm disappointed about the news of the Blue Jackets, but otherwise doing really well. That's good. That's good. So, news on the Blue Jackets. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Um, we are, we are giving away a Seth Jones puck tonight, courtesy of Minuteman Tickets. But uh, unfortunate news is Seth is possibly out four to six weeks. What is it? Sprained knee. Yeah, he hurt his knee in that game in that craft hockeyville thing that they did on national TV against the Buffalo Sabres. It really makes you wonder how good that ice was if Seth Jones got hurt on it. Yeah. So they're trying to get a game at the shoe, I hear, and I hear that's basically falling through. But why? What, what's the deal? What's the obsession with wanting to play outside? You know, initially it was this really cool thing like 10 years ago when like Sid Crosby was going in the shootout in the snow, right? And we a lot of us who started playing hockey up north, like I started playing – um, when I was a little kid, and I remember playing outside all the time. I took my boys skating here in Columbus out last winter. It's, it, it, playing on the rink, or like on the pond as a little kid is like one of those cool memories you have, right? So I think the NHL was like trying to capitalize on A, the money of it, B, the spectacle of it, but it's kind of one of those things that's played out so much. It's like the running and wrestling. It's like 
the first time you see it, you're like, oh, come on, why is DX running in and ruining it for The Rock? And eventually you're like, when's the run-in coming? That's kind of what's happened with these outdoor games. And everybody's talked about them playing the Penguins in the shoe for 10 years now, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like they would sell a lot of tickets, but I just, I don't, you, it's got to be cold. People are sitting in the freezing cold. How much fun could that be? Well, it's not about the game. It's about the spectacle. I took my son over to Pittsburgh for the Flyers-Penguins one two years ago, last year, whatever year it was. And it's really cool to see. But what's really weird about it from a ticketing point of view, if you guys are going to buy tickets to a game at Heinz Field for a football game, you guys would want, like, lower-level seats, right? But for the hockey game, you actually want to sit in the upper deck because you can't see most of the ring from the lower level because of the boards. So, you know, it's a unique thing I'll never forget. But it's not something that is really, like, good for actually watching the game, and usually the surfaces are no good because of the conditions outside. Yeah. So let's – what do you got cooked up here for us, Jay? We got a game. We're going to give away the puck. Um, we got a person on Twitter, two people on Twitter. One's going to be representing me. One's going to be representing Matt. Um, money, fire away with the game. Yeah, so we're going to play a little uh, Ohio sports trivia. Um, okay. So – Aaron, you're going to be representing, uh, her name is Debbie. Debbie. And let's see, Matt, you're going to be representing, all I have is a hashtag, Mary is awesome. Uh Hashtag Mary is awesome? Mary is awesome. Oh, God. I I got you, Joseph. Let's do this. (laughs) Jesus. I don't like my odds here with that name. Um, Questions, like I said, are all Ohio sports. Uh, What are we doing? Five questions? Five questions apiece. You want to go back and forth, or you want to do all five at one time? No, just go back and forth. Back and forth. Five apiece? Five apiece. Okay, let's go. Are you going to do five apiece? Or yep, just... five apiece. Five apiece. Okay, well, uh, let's start off with a little easy one to get going here. Um, so first one's the mat. First one's the mat. All right. Which legendary golfer was born in Columbus, Ohio, suburb of Upper Arlington? That's it. <laughs> that is too easy. Well, just get you in yeah, here. Come on. <laughs> I mean... Like this is—I don't even want to make a Tiger Woods joke at this point. Let's just say Jack Nicklaus and not get myself <laughs> yeah. in trouble. All right. So one for Matt. Mary is awesome. All right. <sighs> Come on, Debbie. All right, Aaron. All right. The Cleveland Clav- Cavaliers made it to their first NBA Finals in 2007. Who did they lose to? Dallas Mavericks. No. Nope. San Antonio Spurs. Uh... When did they lose the Mavericks? Am I allowed to steal? That, I should have stole. <laughs> that would have been great. See, I'm not a Cavs fan. That All was right, a I'm heat. For one. No, was... the, Mav, the, the, the Heat lost to the Mavs, right? right. Wasn't that right. what it was? Oh, yep. yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. All right, I got overconfident. So... I'm sorry, Debbie. <laughs> but, okay, next question. The Cleveland Browns joined the National Football League in 1950. They were members of which league from 1946 to 1949? Good God. They joined the NFL in 1949. What league were they in before? Correct. Oh, the AFL. Um, it was the All American Football Conference. So hmm. AAFC is what it was called. See the AAF after a few. <laughs> no. That's wrong. Yeah, he that, can't, that, we can't give that to. That's wrong. Okay, we can't. Yeah, you. That's absolutely wrong. There's no way I could get that. Was that <laughs> okay. a question? Yeah, no. It undermines <laughs> what, what trivia is if that's up in the air. Jeez. Right, right. right. He was gonna give it to you. No. Debbie would like come throttle you guys <laughs> at the AAF headquarters if I got Debbie that one. Debbie was jumping oh, through the shoot. screen. Okay, let's um, 
Let's move on here. All right, Barry, the Ohio State Buckeyes are one of the most successful colleges in gridiron history. With numerous conference and national championships, which head coach led them to five national titles between 1954 and 1970? It's got to be Woody, right? Yeah, yep, it is Woody. <laughs> you would have been forced to move to Michigan if you didn't get that one. Right. All right, so we got... One apiece. No, no, we got one, yeah, we got one apiece. One apiece. One apiece. Question three. Question three. All right, Debbie. All right. What You're was... lucky I can't steal. <laughs> True. What was the nickname given to the Cincinnati Reds team, which won back-to-back World Series in 1975 and 1976? Yeah. You know, while I'm a Pirates fan. Uh oh. The Big Red Machine got in the way of the Pirates winning some titles in the mid-70s. Okay. So the Pirates bookended it in 71 and 79 because of Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and company. Wow. All right. All right. He's, he got that one. All right. So. He, he's, huh? Mary is awesome is going to win this. Well, have some <laughs> confidence here now. I know. Um. Okay. Which professional tennis tournament is the oldest in the United States to have been continuously played in a single city? The first edition taking place in 1899. In which city? Uh, I think it's New York, U.S. Open. This is Ohio sports trivia. So it's this. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well, the bush lights are flowing. So, Debbie, I'm sorry. Oh, man. All right. This is for the game winner. We'll, uh, step wait, wait, what was the answer to the last one? Was that, that was, uh, yes, Cincinnati Masters. They play uh, right across the road from Kings Never Island. Never even heard of it. You asked yep. me a hey, tennis question. I saw question. the stadium last weekend. I was at Kings yep. Island. Yep, just right across the road there. You. All right, we'll take it to, um, let's do a hockey question. Maybe here. you should take it to another level for All him. All right, here it is. This is a tough one, I think. Okay. All right. The Columbus Blue Jackets were national... Hockey League expansion team in 2000. They reached the NFL playoffs for the first time in 2009 under the direction of which head coach? Ooh, that's an interesting one. 2009. See, you know, the funny part was I actually lived in Georgia whenever this happened, so... Oh. Hmm. Their head coach Good. at the time... I think you just pass and give Debbie a shot. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I should know this. Shame on me. Was it Scott O'Neill? No, it was Ken Hitchcock. Ken Hitchcock. Dang it, yep. I knew I'd know this one the second you said it. I forgot they had Hitch. There ain't no way I would have <laughs> got that one. All right. Um, so what's this? It's He's up. Three two to, to one. Two. Three to. Two. No, he's up 2 1. 2 1. All right, you got to have this. I got to have it. All right. Um What do we want here? Give me another tennis one. Give me another. T- yeah, don't do that. Oh, Barry. Okay. <laughs> Edwin Moses from Dayton, Ohio <laughs> was a track star who won two Olympic golds in which event? It was a running event. I'll right, give you that obviously. one. I got that. I'm running out of toughness. Oh, well, one, two, or four. Do you know this, Matt? I believe I do, but I, think I don't want to take your shot. I think it's a hundred. 
No. It's 400. Kinda. Half there. <laughs> All right. Mary, Mary is awesome. 400 meter hurdles is what it was. 400 me- Buddy, how am I supposed to get these questions? Hey, sorry. You gave him Woody Hayes. He's fine. I got the Woody Hayes question. Thank All right. God. All right. All right. Good God. The question to clinch it. The Cleveland Indians were formerly known as the what? Oh, I have to answer another one, don't I? All right. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. So the Cleveland, Cleveland Indians, Indians were formerly known as the... Money, I thought, Yo, these, were, I thought these were going to be layups. <laughs> these are like half shots. I'm sorry. The Cleveland Indians. Jeez. Um, let's see here. So they were... I... My mom is, or my my father in law is going to kill me if I don't know this. Uh, what is it? Uh, <laughs> I know this. That's the thing. Were they like, like the Redbirds or the Bluebirds or something like that? Wasn't their name? Nope. The Cleveland Naps. The Naps. <laughs> the Naps. N A P S. Jeez, hold on! Nice, I can get you. I think they had goofy money. names back in the days. The Naps and the Knickerbockers. I mean, like, jeez. <laughs> All right, give me a question. Give you a question. All right. Um. The oh, that was an easy one. What is your favorite <laughs> color? <laughs> All right, which um. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm going to give you, which of these cities did not have a major, or I'm sorry, a minor league baseball team in 2001? Chillicothe, Akron, Youngstown, or Dayton? Chillicothe. No, it was Youngstown. Uh, Debbie. I mean, come on. (laughs) I'm sorry, Debbie. Mary is awesome. You're the winner. You're the winner. Let's get it on here. Yeah. But. While we got Matt on the show, we got to talk about the big upcoming game. We got Penn State, Ohio State coming up this week. Uh, Matt, without Nick Bosa, the defense, can they stop him? McSorley's good. They got the running back, Miles Sanders. He's good. Um, Can they slow him down? Well, if you look at this Penn State team, it's not the same – elite Penn State team at the skill positions that it was in the past. Uh, Obviously, losing Saquon Barkley is one thing, but of course, Miles Sanders is great. The real question for me is the receivers. If you've ever watched Penn State's receivers this year, it it seems like they're moving in slow motion. And I I was joking online that maybe Trace McSorley was faster than all of them, but this isn't the same set of receivers. There's no more Mike Gesicki to throw the ball up to. And if there's one thing Trace McSorley does well, it's throw jump balls that inexplicably get caught. So that's true. You know, if you remember the game two years ago, it didn't turn on that block field goal. It turned on McSorley completing not one, but two 20 plus yard jump balls against an OSU defense that had four first round picks in the secondary. I mean, and my mind is still boggled about that, but, but yeah, McSorley is a great one. player. No, OSU lost two years ago at Penn State in the whiteout. No, no last year. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year was the comeback of the year, though, in, in my opinion. And I think you got well, to build on had to come back. Right. That was the problem there. But the good news here is, I, if Ohio State, okay, Ohio, do you guys know that Ohio State's starting linebackers didn't have a tackle last week? Ridiculous. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, 
I'm not convinced they're the right players to be on the field at this point at linebacker. They, they I think you, they really can't guard receivers, and they can't. They're not plugging holes. What's his name for I'm, Oregon State runs for what a hundred and hundred and some yards? Oh, almost yeah, two hundred. Davis Scott just. 150 yards and two carries or whatever, right? Right. So it's like it's like everybody seems to be beating us, and we're kind of we're kind of showing out on offense, and we just need desperately, I guess, to see the defense step up. You know? Yeah, and I think the D line is extraordinarily good for OSU, even without Nick Bosa. But let's not sugarcoat it. He was the best player in college football at any position, and the fact that he got hurt, the only way to describe it is that it absolutely sucks. Um, but this is a good group on the D-line for OSU. And the one weakness James Franklin's teams have had in this little renaissance of theirs, because coming into that game two years ago where Ohio State lost in the whiteout, James Franklin was 17-14. and 14. Since then, he's 24-3 and three as Penn State's head coach. Talk about a turn for a program, right? Um, but ever since then, their offensive line has sort of been you know, okay at best. There was a lot of times last year, look at the OSU game, Saquon Barkley had one or two just enormous plays. And then the rest of his 15 touches were for like 25 yards because the O-line got blown up. So that should give you a lot of hope from the defensive point of view that this isn't a great O-line you're going against. It's not a, a set of receivers that's going to burn you, uh, though Jawan Johnson is a matchup problem because he's tall. So I, I feel like the defense, look, they're going to get scored on some in this game. If they, if they show up and hold Penn State to 17, there's no way OSU doesn't win because the other side of the football is Dwayne Haskins. And that's a benefit for OSU in a matchup against literally anybody in the country. So, uh, speaking of Haskins, if you're Penn State, what's the difference in preparing for, you know, the Buckeyes this year versus the past three or four with Barrett? Oh, my God. How much time do we have to talk about how much better Haskins <laughs> is throwing the ball than Barrett? Oh, Jesus. I, I was the guy last year, guys, who, after the Oklahoma game, flat out said it's time to play Dwayne Haskins. OSU has an easy schedule to – lead up to that Penn State game that we all were, you know, waiting the whole year for last year. And quite frankly, look what's going on at Clemson right now. Kelly Bryant, who was a starter for them, who only lost two games out of like 20 that he started. They just benched him for a true freshman named Trevor Lawrence. And the reason they did that is because Trevor Lawrence is a much better passer. And it's a lot harder to beat Clemson's offense when you have a quarterback you can throw the ball not just accurately to receivers, but hit them in stride and have the arm to make all the throws on the field. OSU last year, had a quarterback in JT Barrett who took up 15 to 20 carries a game, who didn't throw accurately, and didn't make teams really fear him uh, defensively. And while last year was a game of his life against Penn State, and you can't take that away from him, Dwayne Haskins is a completely different animal. And bluntly, he should have started last year. Um, you saw what Nick Saban and Dabo Swinney have done the last year, where they had a senior, the, the type of Barrett guy that OSU had last year, one of those quote-unquote great leaders, and you know a guy who was a great player, was a strong runner, and every time when the push come to shove, they chose the younger guy who was a better passer who was simply a more dynamic quarterback. And to this day, after Dwayne Haskins came in and beat Michigan last year, I am firmly convinced that Dwayne Haskins had started against Wisconsin. OSU wins that game convincingly. And Alabama, who eventually wins the national championship, doesn't even get in the playoff because OSU gets the four seed. Uh, right I, now – You know, we would have snuck in exactly just like we did in 12 with Cardell. I think, I think you're right. I everybody gained confidence after the Michigan game in Haskins um, Barrett you know that offense was so bad and it made you pull your hair out but that's kind of the way our defense you know 
is right now impact players. You got to give me like four guys to step up. I really like Sean Wade. What do you feel about Sean Wade? Give me three other guys you think you need to step up with him. Well, you want to talk about the safety position. It's Jordan Fuller. He's the most irreplaceable player on the entire defense. It doesn't mean best. It means if we lose him, Ohio State's back seven completely falls apart. Right. Uh, Jordan Fuller's an NFL player. And if Isaiah Pryor next to him at safety doesn't step up, you're going to see a lot more of Sean Wade at safety. But Sean Wade was one of the top two cornerbacks in the country coming out of high school a year ago, and he redshirted because of an abdominal injury. I'm of the belief that Sean Wade is the best cover corner on this team right now. I think the smart thing for Ohio State, which they're not doing, but the smart thing would be to move Damon Arnett to safety because he covers well for his safety. He's good in run support, but he gets beat a lot in passing plays. I think he's much more of a Kirk Coleman-style natural safety. Uh, but you're right. Pick a corner. Who has to step up here? You, you could tell me Kendall Sheffield. You could tell me Jeff Okuda. You could tell me Wade. You could tell me you know uh, Damon Arnett. Those guys have to be good because if McSorley is able to throw the ball, then that opens up their running game. Um, but you want one guy who needs to step up, I'll tell you right now, the guy in my book on defense is Tough Borland. Because if Tough Borland isn't making tackles and is getting beat in the hole and isn't showing the foot speed coming off this Achilles injury that he needs to have to handle Miles Sanders, to handle Trace McSorley running the ball, OSU's going to give up 30 points in this game, and then this gets a lot more interesting. So right. you want a guy who steps up right now, it's Tough Borland. So basically, Matt says take the over. Yes. <laughs> hopefully the – hopefully the I mean – it's one of those games where the Buckeyes, it's it's at it's at the Valley. You know it's going to be a whiteout. You know it's going to be a tough game. Seven thirty, always the night game. It's one of those games you clinch your butt. You go to you go up to Wisconsin. Same thing. You go to Iowa. I think road games in the Big Ten have become a little bit more uh, iffy, and I don't think other conferences will still give us that credit, which is which is totally fine. But but. Yeah, just kind of building. went seven and one in bowls last year. You know, it wasn't good or anything. Right, right, but so, <laughs> but uh, so Haskins comes out with a W this week. What does that do for him in the Heisman race? Well, he's already near the front of the race. I think if he comes out with a W, that means OSU scores forty-five or fifty points. Right. And the reason they score forty-five or fifty points is because Dwayne Haskins is an NFL caliber quarterback with the two most accurate games in Ohio State history already under his belt. And, you know, this is a spot where Dwayne Haskins goes to Happy Valley and drops 45 points on the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes win. He's going to not just be the front runner for the Heisman, he's going to be the front runner for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I think he's that good. I think he's the best pure passer Ohio State's ever had. Uh, this is Cardale Jones with more accuracy and polish. That's who we're looking at right now in Haskins. Yeah, it's and scary. It's insane. And uh, but honestly, guys, you know what makes me upset about this? If he had started last year, you had two years of a guy who could be the number one overall pick. We're going to get one year yeah. and hopefully two wins over Michigan out of the number one overall pick in the NFL draft at quarterback. Doesn't that make you sick? He'd had does. two years him starting. It does. I I think he'll hang on. I think he'll stay another year. I, I know uh, people want to chase money, but at the same time, he does have some quirks, but he he looks real good. I mean, he looks real good. So uh, Matt, you keep him upright. Nobody's stopping him this year, guys. That's I, just I, I think that's the a sheer fact. <laughs> I think that's a sheer fact. If our offensive line can block him, protect him, I look out. I'm telling you, I have faith in this team. But Urban coming back, do you think it sparked them last week? Do you think it's going to spark them any more than what they've already been? You know, kind of they're playing for against everybody, Ohio against the world mentality. Do you think 
Um, do you think they're, the urban factor is going to come into play? I think the urban factor has already played out, to all my opinion on it. Um, you know, Ohio State's players kind of banded together during the suspension. And I think more importantly, we, we ta- we'd heard that Urban was going to really try to let go of the offense this year a little bit, let Kevin Wilson, who's one of the most successful coordinators in the last 10 years in college football, and Ryan Day, who looks like the next coaching superstar out there, sort of run the offense, right? Right. And Urban's big thing has always been – he was one of the first real leaders of the spread that worked with the quarterback power run. And for him, he's always loved that numeric mismatch inside the tackles when you have a quarterback who can run the ball a lot. The problem is he's in recent years become overly reliant on the quarterback run. So JT Bear gets 20 carries and J.K. Dobbins gets 12. And Urban not being there the first couple of games, particularly against TCU, sort of eliminated the whole, well, guys, let's, let's, let's you know, be a little more conservative here. Hey, let's be smart here, guys comments and he's coming back to an offense that isn't clenching its butt cheeks if you will to take a word from you earlier right um you know sir alex ferguson at the manchester united always said it was squeaky bum time when it got close to the end right Ferguson urban's had a lot of squeaky bum time the last couple of years where he's trying to sit on a lead or he doesn't trust them to just play their offense and needs to spread it five wide so jt can get one and a half yards up the middle <laughs> this offense isn't going to do that anymore Dwayne right. Haskins has literally carried the ball like on one called run the whole year, and we're a third of the way in. And that was where he pulled the read option against TCU for the touchdown. So Urban coming back when he did, essentially he's hands-off on this offense. He's much more involved in the special teams in the, in the overall game plan. And that's a good thing because Urban, who is one of the brightest offensive minds in college football, comes from a little bit of an older school running an offense that defenses have figured out. OSU taking this quantum leap forward offensively this year partly has to do with Urban letting it go and trusting his assistants, and that's the biggest deal. Totally agree. I love the enthusiasm, too. I feel like everybody's going to be pumped up by the time this game starts. 7.30, ABC. Uh, Matt, we'll get you out of here um, with a score prediction. You got one? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the over earlier. Uh, take it, because – Ohio State and Penn State are the two highest scoring teams in college football, one of which is averaging 55 points a game, the other of which is averaging 54.5 points a game, which is just bonkers because those are like Pac-12 numbers. Uh, but in this game, Penn State's defense, which we haven't really talked about, guys, they're really not that special if you look at them this year. They have a good, not great D-line. Their young, linebackers are young. This is the type of defense that Ohio State should score a lot of points on. Most defenses are that way, though, with this offense this year. I think Ohio State gets more stops than Penn State. I think the Buckeyes don't fall into the trap of the whiteout, and I think the Buckeyes go, and I think it's going to be a 45-31 win for OSU. Love it. I love it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Matt, we appreciate everything you've done. Uh, Minuteman tickets. Check them out. Uh, Give a little plug there. Give them the phone number. So literally the other day I called – I called Scotty and I'm like, Hey Scott, I need tickets. He's like, Hey, uh, appreciate you calling me. I'll email him over, send me a PayPal invoice. I paid him no taxes, no hassle. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. I don't know why people aren't using it. You get jacked up on these other sites. Um, but we appreciate Matt and, uh, Scott and everything they've done for us. So, uh, the Seth Jones puck going out to uh, hashtag Mary is awesome. Hashtag Mary is awesome. I'm sorry, Debbie, again. Matt, congratulations. 
Yeah, and May Mary is awesome. Please bring some of the blessings of her son upon Seth Jones to heal him as the Jackets begin this season. Amen. Um, <laughs> and just to throw that number out there, it's 614-943-3000. And like Aaron said, you know, you give us a call, and if we tell you a ticket is 50 bucks, it's 50 bucks. It's not 50 bucks plus a $15 service fee and an $8 delivery charge. You know, if you call us, there's no hidden fees. And, uh, you know, it's just it, we've, we, we have tickets not just here in Columbus. We have tickets nationally. And we'll always give you the honest straight shot. We have people who call us sometimes and ask to go to events to see some little band who's playing at some small venue in town. And, you know, the truth is those tickets aren't sold out. And you can get them at the door for face value. I'm going to tell you that's your best deal because I want you to trust that we're telling you the truth every time you call us. Big believers in honest ticketing at Minuteman Tickets. And for us, that's not a slogan. That's a, a way of business. And that's how we try to hold ourselves every time. Yeah, so we do appreciate it. They're great guys. Uh, check them out, MinutemanTickets.com. Matt, we appreciate it. Okay, we appreciate Matt for joining us. Um, we're going to get out of here with the uh, top five college football games coming up this weekend. Um, pretty good slate of games. Some, eh, whatever. Uh, first game, Texas Tech versus West Virginia. That's a noon kick, West Virginia, minus three and a half. Who you got, Money? Uh, I'm taking West Virginia easy. Um, Texas Tech. They're just kind of breaking in the top 25, but I think West Virginia's got the momentum. I think Texas Tech will come out slinging. I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. Will Greer. Both of them, yeah. I think it's going to be over, and then I think West Virginia will cover. But, okay, then we got the Syracuse-Clemson game at noon, and Clemson is starting their freshman quarterback. They are a 24-point favorite. Listen, Syracuse can beat these guys straight up. Syracuse is not bad. I'm not even kidding. I'm I'm taking the spread, obviously, of 24. I think Syracuse has a shot. Clemson starting the freshman quarterback. Kelly Bryant out. He's transferring. I don't like the mojo. Yeah, I think there's too much noise there. Um, I think Clemson does win the game, but look for Syracuse to make it close all the way through. I would take Syracuse, like, a lot on that. Plus yeah. 24? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, next game, BYU-Washington. That's 7.30 on Fox. Jeez, I'm cripes. BYU is a – or Washington is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to take Washington yeah. easy. I think yeah. the noise with BYU is probably pretty much over. Yeah, they beat a good Wisconsin team, but you get I agree. lucky. You get lucky every once in a while. Plus, so. plus Washington has a lot to prove. They're kind of sitting in the middle slot. They got right. the loss to uh, what, Auburn. Lost to Auburn. So so they're just Pac-12's like... Pac-12's wide open right yeah, now. They, so. they got to win out. So I, I think they need to make a statement. I, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm taking enough. Washington easy. Then let's see. One of the other games of the night, Stanford versus Notre Dame at seven at 7.30 on NBC. Notre Dame is your five-point favorite in this one. I haven't seen enough still out of Notre Dame. I feel like I, feel like I haven't seen them play enough. I've seen Stanford play, and they're physical. So I, I'm going to go with them. I think they're going to run it. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Stanford coming up the big game last week versus Oregon with the comeback. Um, that was overtime at Oregon, Eugene. At Eugene. And then now they're playing at Notre Dame. So, so that travel, the travel, that big in. games, fatigue, um, I haven't seen, like you were saying, anything from Notre Dame to make me feel like they can win this game. So I'm going to take Stanford straight up. Okay, I like that. And then uh, game of the night, what's your score prediction? 
I mean, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a game, and I think we're gonna. I it's think gonna, we're going to find out a lot about our team. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with what Matt says. High-scoring game. OSU is coming in at a three-and-a-half-point favorite. But um, I'm going to – I would take OSU easy. I'm going to take, I don't know, 40. I, I think they pull away at the end like they did against TCU. So I'm going to go like 45-28, somewhere around there. Okay. I'm going to go – I'm going to go 24-28 just because I feel like our defense needs to step up. we got to start playing a little bit. Um, I think Haskins will do okay. I think he's going to struggle a little bit more than he has in the past games. Um, but I think it's going to be a grind out at Penn State 730. It's never easy. I'm taking the Buckeyes. So over under on that is 71. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. But like Matt was saying, they're both – Penn State's averaging, I think, around 55. Ohio State's right around 54. So, 70? It's 71. So, you're you're going to take the under by that score. Good grief. That's a high, that's high though. I we'll mean, have to talk about it. We'll talk about it on next show, what eventually happened. Um, it was a fun show. Fun show. Thanks to Matt. Hashtag Mary is awesome with that uh, Seth Jones signed puck. Congratulations. Yeah, Seth, um, please get better. You know, it's 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 heartbreaking, I guess, kind of for the for the player. He's been working all offseason. But the fans, you know, you're always looking for a great year. And uh, the Jackets it's, have been close. Yeah, and it's a good thing. I mean, hockey is a long season. So in the hindsight, four to six weeks, getting back healthy and uh, go from there. So... Yeah, it's better than before the playoffs, I guess. Most definitely. Okay. Well, we appreciate it, everybody. Uh, Check us out on Twitter after a few pod. Uh, Like, rate, and subscribe on Apple iTunes. Check out our website, afterafew.com. We appreciate it.